0: to the Strictly Anonymous Podcast. Anonymous Podcast. Conversations with online. We place ads
1: online.
2: Craigslist is definitely the gift that keeps on giving.
1: Real people respond. You go to Singapore or Thailand. You can't not do it. The temptation is just too much. It's real
2: problems. Does your friend know that you're banging her? No, he has no idea.
1: And
0: anything goes. Motto of the show, let your Greek flag fly.
2: Probably the only good advice I'll ever give you is to rehide your whips and chains. Here are your hosts,
1: Kathy Kaye and Tommy. Hey, welcome
2: to the theater in this podcast alone last week I had um it was a podcast with me and Tommy but that was taped a very long time ago so he's not the the co-host anymore I actually saw him recently he's doing good just so you all know but he's still the fucking same I'm so glad he's not my co-host anymore even though he was the best co-host he's really irritating as a person and I would tell him that to his face if he was here he's very victim I I don't know there's two kinds of people in this world there's problem havers and problem solvers And, uh, I can't fucking stand problem havers and Tommy's a problem haver. He just always has a fucking problem and he's not looking for a solution. He's more like a woman because I think men most of the time are problem solvers. I'm more like a man that way. I want, if I have a problem, I want it fucking solved and I want to move on. Um, I just can't stand, you know, just sitting in a fucking problem and that's Tommy. So that's my little vent about him, even though he was great on the calls. He was just, I would have to actually deal with him off of the air too. And that was too much. <laughs> but um, I, that really shouldn't be my intro. My intro should be, um, you know, follow us. I have to do all that stuff. Like follow us on Twitter at Strict Anonymous. Like our fa- Facebook fan page. I keep saying R even though it's just me. Um, and write into the show. I love when people write into the show. Like seriously. And I have a couple people and I want to give them shout outs on this call. Not on this call. I mean like on this episode. Um, there's one guy named Doug Saul. Saul? S-O-L. Something like that. Who writes it all the time. And he gives me like his two cents about the podcast. And I love that. And it's like because it's interesting to me. I never know what people think. And he writes it with his opinions. And uh, I love him because he's a fan. And, he, and he's consistent with it. And then there's a guy. I have to say one of the best emails I ever got. Or the best email I ever got was a guy from, called Eric Neves. I think that's his name. And he wrote something to me on my Facebook um, page. He sent me a message. Um, and he talked about the Unemployed Joe episode. I was really nervous about posting that because when I got off that call, I loved that call. I mean, to me, that's what I love to do. I love to actually really help people. And I love just regular people that are dealing with shit, you know? And I thought it was so great. But then when I listened back to it, I thought, oh my God, maybe my listeners are really going to hate this because there's no sex involved and whatever, but he wrote in and he talked about how much he loved that podcast. And so that was meant a lot to me and his message was really awesome. Um, so if you want to write into the show and give me your two cents for better or for worse, I like negative shit too. Trust me in the beginning, I used to get really bad emails from people. Um, you could email me that shit and email it to <laughs> strictly anonymous podcast at com. Also, if you want to call into the show, because uh, you have a problem And it doesn't have to be a sexual problem Like Unemployed Joe You, you could just be like a regular problem That people would relate to um, Email me at trickly anonymous podcast And I'll have you on uh, Or if you're a fan of the show And you want to like give your opinion Or we could maybe even do a call like that I'm gonna call like an episode on that um, What we have today is like that It's like a, just this regular guy that has a problem His name is Gino um, He's actually someone that I know And he's having a neighbor problem, like a hardcore neighbor problem that's really disturbing him. And he's always talking about it. I will say, because Gino might not listen to this, that Gino's more of a problem haver than a problem solver in this situation. I'm hoping that, you know, I could get him to solve this problem because he's been having it for a very long time. And uh, I'm sure it irritates a lot of people around him. Sorry, Gino, if you're listening to this, but it's the truth. Like, eventually, you have a problem, you need a solution, you need to figure it out, it, implement that solution, and fucking move on. Life's too short, you know? Um, and I have, like, a great solution to his problem. So, um, he's going to be on, and he's calling in soon, and we're going to uh, discuss his neighbor problem, like I said. I mean, we live in, an, I live in an apartment, I live in New York City, we, uh, there's 600 apartments in my building. And noise is always a fucking issue, you um, And I guess people in the suburbs, which is most people that are listening to me, don't have that problem. Um, But maybe you do because maybe people just do shit like that in the suburbs too and you could hear your neighbors. But in the city or when you're living in an apartment building, it's really hard because you could hear a lot of stuff around you. And you have to like, I mean, for me, I always used a fan. I always have like a little fan on so that that noise is there and I can never hear because you can't really control the people around you. You just control yourself. Um, But it can be really irritating. And he's got some really bad neighbors. And uh I'm going to be right back on with Gino, and he'll explain his deal. Do you have a story, lifestyle, or situation you can't talk about to anyone,
0: to anyone?
1: Or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well, Strictly Anonymous wants to hear from you. Send us an email, Podcast at gmail.com with your story, And your anonymous name. And remember, everything is strictly anonymous.
2: Strictly anonymous. Hello, is this Gino?
1: Yes, how are you?
2: Good, how are you doing, Gino? Um, Okay. Okay, cool. How are you? I'm good, how about you? So I'm calling you Gino on this podcast, and I'm taping right now, because instead of lying, I know we spoke about maybe I would lie and say you're someone I don't know. I just said the truth, because I never really like to lie on my podcast I explained that you live in my building. That's how I knew you. And you're dealing with a neighbor, a major neighbor problem with noise. Right, a
1: noise issue. Correct.
2: Right. Okay. <laughs> so to give, I didn't like normally people write in and they give me like a synopsis and I read that on the call. But since you know we know each other and I know your story, I I didn't give the synopsis yet. So why don't you just tell like the short story about what's going on and then I'll ask you questions.
1: You mean about the noise issue?
2: Yeah. Like, what's your problem right now?
1: Okay, my problem right now is it, this issue has been exacerbating itself for one year with no resolution. There are people that moved in upstairs from us, people who are millennials. I'm sorry to say, young people, no malice and no no malintent signed, but they're young and they're entitled. They feel entitled. They the girl owns the apartment with her boyfriend.
2: Uh huh.
1: But. She is on the lease. Her name is on the lease as well as her father's. Right. So the friend is not an owner. He's just a bystander. So when they first moved in last year, they started making extraordinarily loud walking noises and thumping and stomping about. We have no idea what it was. So we innocently went upstairs, knocked on the door and asked them if they could please exercise a little consideration for us below and walk a little quietly right well the guy got indignant and he got very angry and he i got intimidated by that so we left
2: okay how did he get angry i mean you asked him very nicely right you and your girl went I up i did there? i was
1: very polite, Did you, very did you go up there with got, your
2: what, yeah. with your girlfriend
1: yeah we both went up together
2: okay and you were very nice and how did he get defensive what did he say
1: when I'm making any noise, what do you want me to change the way I'm walking about? And oh, he got sure. very, very indignant, and I got uncomfortable with that, so we left. Okay. Rather than have exacerbate into a physical confrontation.
2: Right. Okay. So you left. So,
1: so we left, and it still proceeded. The noises and heavy walking still proceeded weeks after. So then, in early October, October first, as it is. I wrote a letter to Mike, the, uh, your friend Mike, from the management committee. Well,
2: nobody knows who that is. So you wrote, I mean, we're, you were talking to like other people more, more so. You got to think we're talking to listeners of, of my podcast. So you wrote, the because you live in a, con- we live in a condo op, which means that you own, and then there's a board. Right, we own. And there's a board this, that has to approve shit. So you wrote to the head of the board, right?
1: I wrote to them. I First of all, I wrote to the management committee. Uh-huh. I tried to follow the chain of command wrote to them, and expressed to them what was going on. Mm-hmm. And I implied that they don't have rugs. So they went up and enforced the 80% Rug rule.
2: Right, because there so is a rule with, uh, in New York. Hold on, because most people I think that listening, um, Gino, they, they don't live in New York City, right? So, But in New York City or in your apartment building like this, they have rules and regulations, and one of them is that if you, you know, be, so that this problem doesn't happen, that you have to have 80% of your apartment has to have carpet, right?
1: Correct. Okay. But that's what the laws state and the uh, house rules state, okay? Mm hmm. But besides that, besides having lugs put down, they were also acting rowdy uh-huh. and uh, making extremely loud noises. We even thought they might have been exercising up there. And I still don't know if that's the case or not, because no one's really confirmed that for us.
2: Well, we all so, think. But OK, Gino, I mean, because this happens very late at night, right?
1: Uh, between 9 and 11.
2: Right, but also sometimes later than 11, no? I thought it was also very random and very late uh, at but,
1: night. But now it's not as bad as, it's not late at night. It's usually between 9 and 11. Right, but we have, discussed,
2: we have discussed, and even the people on the board and people in the building have discussed with you that it's probably sex noises, Right.
1: I'm sorry, I didn't it's quite hear of, that.
2: Like a lot of people have said, and even the members of the board, people that you spoke to when you were complaining, suggested that it's probably sex, and that's why they're not really thinking about it, and oh, they don't that really was, know what that they're
1: was doing. One, that was one suggestion, and I ruled that out. How come? I don't know why, but I just ruled it out.
2: Yeah, I, I, I still think it's sex, so, so we'll get back to like that.
1: During sex.
2: People that are into rough sex, if they're drunk, he's throwing it around. You never. You, people yeah, do that, crazy things. Get,
1: These were just uncivilized people. So we, I continued to write to the board. Uh They continued to go up there and express our complaints Uh that we were hearing these noises, which they adamantly denied. Right? They just denied that they were doing anything. And I suspect that because she's a lawyer, Uh her firm advised her just deny everything. Let them prove it.
2: Right? And you haven't been able to prove anything.
1: Not yet. Right. So I, we've written to the board last week and asked them, what do you need from us to prove this? Uh-huh. And i keeps keep skirting the issue. Well, I'm going to take finally, that name out.
2: Don't use names because this is all strictly anonymous. So we take, I'm going to delete that name. But so the head of the, the management company, right? Just use like titles.
1: Okay. The head of the management company suggested that we call the uh, doorman up to witness this.
2: Right. Has that been, so Has that worked? That-
1: uh-huh. time and as soon as the doorman came up they stopped making the noise oddly enough
2: right? But how did so, they know that the doorman were coming up they didn't know right
1: i don't know it was just
2: probably coincidence
1: well the noise that they make uh-huh. is sporadic we right. might hear it 10 minutes then it'll stop then it'll pick up again in 20 minutes pick up again in a half hour and stop so it's not a consistent, loud noise. Oh, my God. It's, it's so,
2: I'm sorry, do you know, it's so obvious to me that it's like sex, like they're having sex. And that's what it is. That's what the only, I personally think and it's the only thing that makes sense.
1: The only thing that makes sense is that they might be just inconsiderate. Have you what? ever thought of that? No, but okay, you're have saying that, but idea no, no. Of-
2: no, but listen, Gino, listen, Gino, this is what I'm saying to you. I'm not saying that you're crazy and there's no noise going on, okay? I'm just trying to figure out what the noise is, okay? And you said, when I said sex, you said, but this is so loud, what could they be doing? If they're not, like, what would they be doing if they weren't having sex? Like, you're saying if they're just inconsiderate. So what are they doing, throwing around food, like, th- furniture? Like, if it's not sex and it's so well, loud—
1: well, I- was explained to the management committee what the sounds were that we were hearing. I know, but I'm Banging. asking
2: you, like, if, it, if what could they be doing in their regular life besides like having like hardcore sex that could be that? I, I don't know. Right? I if don't sex know. Sex is the only thing that makes sense.
1: Or like was suggested to me prior, exercising. Someone's exercising up there.
2: At 9 or 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night, and very sporadic exercises. Well, I don't know. This
1: yeah. I spoke to today who was an advocate for noise complaints suggested that now with with the telemarketing or with, with telecommuting, people work all hours of the day. Right. So it's not uncommon that these noises would be heard after 11 o'clock. Okay. And it's not uncommon that they could be exercising. But right. I doubt it. I doubt that. Right now, I started to believe that it's spite, that they're doing this out of malicious intent.
2: Right, and that's where you're at now. I mean, because the more, because what happened is you complained to a lot of people. You've had meetings with them. I mean, it wasn't just that one time that you went to their house that you interacted with them. I mean, this has been something that they're, they've had to deal with, too, on their end. As far as they're concerned, they don't make any noise, um, and they're fighting back. They have to fight back to you because you've been doing things and making waves, right? So it's not like you only went to their house once. You've actually put them in the position to deal with this many times since, right? You even Uh, called their father, right? I mean, that's a thing that you did. uh,
1: Twice, twice. I appealed his sense of decency to intercede and help us have them be a little more quiet. And he said he would do it. But lately, they haven't done it.
2: Who's that? The father said he would do it?
1: The father said he would intervene on my behalf. Either they're not respecting him or they're lying. That's the only thing I can think of.
2: Or they're just having more sex. This yeah. is the thing. Come, I mean, I, let me ask you this, though, Gino, because I've known you for a long time. And, like, there's, right? like, history with, like, there's other things about you that I want to, like, get into just so people understand who you are and what you're about. And, like, um, but but first about the problem. Like, you know, why don't you want to believe that it's sex?
1: Because I don't believe it. The way it's intermittent, the the noises come from different areas of the apartment.
2: Right, but maybe they're very adventurous.
1: If if you're in one spot, that's good enough. But these are like happening in different places. Uh, When I hear them when they come in at night, uh like a door would And then it goes into a closet, throws his stuff in, he slams the door shut. That's what I really think it is.
2: Mm. but it happens for a long time or it's just like a little bit and then stops and then a little bit and then stops. I
1: mean, it'll happen for 10, 20 minutes then it will stop, then it will pick up again. That's not wild sex. Wild sex system. Right. It's intermittent. Intermittent. Right.
2: Right. And it could be like that, but you don't have any other neighbors that you hear their door slamming and all that stuff.
1: Well, we hear the outside door. That happens all the time. Uh-huh. People, people slam their door because their window is either open, uh-huh. and it slams the outside door. But we don't hear any upstairs people or any side people making noise. Just right. them.
2: And now, how? Okay, how old are they about? You think are they in their twenties or their thirties?
1: Twenty-three and twenty-five.
2: And you They're and your, kids. I know. And in you and your girl, how old are you guys?
1: Well, I'm 67 and she's 57.
2: And you guys have been together for how long? You and your girl.
1: 15 years.
2: And you're not married, but you guys are dating and you live together in this house. For how long you guys, how long you lived in this apartment?
1: Seven years, going on eight now.
2: Okay. And you guys have been together for, and you you guys own the apartment as well. And you've never had a problem with noise before?
1: I'm sorry. No, we never, we lived in the city and other place. We never heard this before never it's a shock to us that it still continues
2: right and today you met with the board like there's these there's there exists like a person that actually deals with these complaints in new york city
1: uh yes she's an advocate for noise i i went i can't get into too much of this because she's taking up my cause Uh uh-huh i went state senator's office liz krieger and both Sharon and I met with an advocate the other day who recommended this person. Uh-huh. So we have been in contact with the senior-most authority. Right. And she's going to uh, advocate on our behalf.
2: And how does she advocate? Like, what could she do that you haven't been able to oh, do? I, I,
1: can't, I can't get into that oh, right okay. now. Okay. It just happened today, and I have to maintain integrity on this issue.
2: Okay, but can we talk about my solution to your problem? Can you still yeah. do? Can you still do my solution?
1: What is it? Oh, the speakers? Yeah,
2: we'll talk about that in a second. But can you still do that with with what you're going to do with the other people, or is that a no go? Oh, yeah.
1: The only reservation I have now are my next door neighbors.
2: Okay, well, this is what, what is- I suggest. Let me just explain first, because nobody knows what mm-hmm. I'm talking about. So when Gina was telling me this problem, I was like, listen, once they, once they were like, listen, at first you want to try to be nice. And like you said, like appeal to their sense of humanity, like just do me a favor and be quiet. Like most of the time, that's what people would do for their neighbors in New York. I mean, if anyone came to me and said, turn your music down or anything, I'd be like, oh my God, I'm so sorry. You know what I mean? Cause that's just how you should be in life. Right. But after, you know, you repeatedly go to them and they're just being fucking assholes like you got to like what I suggest is is like you got to fight crazy with crazy. And I had once had a roommate. I had a lot of roommates in my life. They came and went. And I had roommates for many, many years. And uh, I had one that was like a squatter. She wouldn't fucking leave my apartment. And it was really horrifying. And she was nuts. And it was like a little scary, actually, because she would not leave. And, you know, um, what I decided to do is I decided to just be more nuts than her. So I was like, fine, you're going to stay at my house. I'm going to make it so miserable for you that you're going to be running out of my house. So what I did was I called up a million people. I was on the phone. I was blasting my music. I was inviting people over for a party. I was talking about drugs drugs and alcohol and people were coming over and she flipped out and she was gone the next day. Cause I was like, you're going to stay, you're going to go mental here. So, you know, I made it so uncomfortable for her that she left. And so to me, what that is, is like, you fight crazy by being more crazy. So what I suggested to Gino is to do the same thing back to them, but do it a little bit more, do it a little bit more inconsistent. And when they come down and say, what the fuck is that noise? You say, I don't know what you're talking about. Like do the same exact thing and drive them nuts. And then maybe, you know, they'll start toning down their thing. And what I suggested was I have these (laughs) Bose speakers and I thought, you know, well, what did, we, oh, I Googled, I Googled like, what's the best noise that travels through cement? Cause we've got an older building and it's all cement and it was bass, bass like travels and it stays contained. And it's like a really irritating noise. So I was like, why don't we take my Bose speakers, tape them up on your ceiling and just play some fucking music every now and then, very inconsistent just like them, very random, out of nowhere, but just enough to make them drive them nuts as well. And I personally think that it was like the best solution ever. Um Gino, I told you that over the summer and we're in what now we're like in October and you've never implemented that. Why didn't you do that a long time ago?
1: Because I have considerations about these other neighbors that live next to me. Okay, but, but Gino, I told you is the solution it could to that situation.
2: No. I told like you just have to turn all you have to do is turn the volume up a little bit. Listen, the 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 situation is exasper, exasperated enough. To drive you nuts, right? They're not going to, what are they going to do? spend their whole life making noise? It's a lot easier for you to turn music on and let them hear bass for them, for them to run around and either fuck each other to make a lot of noise or whatever they're doing, it's actual physical. They have to physically do it. All you have to do with your noise is just turn the volume up and you can relax. You could leave your house and still be driving them nuts. So it's pretty easy to out, out sort of crazy them or out annoy them in this situation. And the solution to the problem about neighbors, I told you, is that what you say first is, first you test it out. You get the speakers, you put on the music, and then you go to your Mm -hmm. next-door neighbors, and you say, hey, knock, knock, knock. Like, listen, I just want to let you know that I got a new stereo system, and I'm testing it out, and I want to make sure that you can't hear my music. It's on right now. Like, can you hear it? Like, you know, let me know so I know what volume I could play. That would be totally normal to do. Okay,
1: here's a consideration I have for that. Sure. Then they're going to know that I have music in here. I could possibly... be the culprit making the noise. Yeah, but you if know what, did- Gino?
2: Gino? but Those people upstairs are making a lot of fucking noise, right?
1: I think so, yes.
2: Right, and so does your girl. And when you go to them, they say we're not making noise. When the board goes to them, they say we're not making noise. When the police go to the... You've called the police, right? They're not making noise. That's what they say. Why can't you say the same thing? We don't have a music on. There is no music. Like You just lie like they do. That's how you drive people
1: crazy. That's what you Well, have to do. oddly enough, the advocate today came up brought that situation up she said everybody lies about the noise they're making exactly she said it's not cuz unco- i told her they've denied everything of she course. says of course you do. of course that's normal for people to deny it
2: right you're that's what i'm saying you have to be exactly like them but worse i mean if you if because what you were doing is you were trying to take the high road okay the minute that doesn't work like you either have to let go, because I gave you other solutions before the stereo the scenario. I said, get you know headphones that you could put on the minute they start making noise, just listen to music for twenty minutes or leave the house or there was a lot of other options before besides that, but if you're if you don't want to do any of those and you've tried doing everything the right way and you want to solve your problem, then like I said, you have to do something like this, and you do exactly what they do. you just fucking deny it that's it because you're going nuts. I have literally seen Gino. On the verge of murder, okay, and (laughs) seriously, you've been so angry, so not happy, and so consumed with this for so long. It's a little, it's very unhealthy.
1: I agree with you on that, but I haven't contemplated murder quite yet.
2: Yes, you did. You told me one day we had a, don't lie. Listen, Gino, you're on the podcast with me. Nobody's listening that's going to arrest you. You contemplated it. I've thought of murder. I've thought of throwing my cat out the window. You think I'd ever actually do that? It's like, you know what I mean? You were seriously thinking of like killing people. It was so frustrating to you. You actually said those words to me. Don't, Don't you remember? I remember. Okay. So see, no lying on here. Nobody knows who you are anyway, so don't worry about it. But um, and Gino isn't even your name. So we're making that, you know, that's always uh, the, the lie on the call. It's the only thing we lie about his name. So nobody really knows because it's not about that. It's like, I'm sure there's other people that have been in your position, but it has pushed you to that point. But I think, too, though, and I feel like you maybe have agreed with me on this is a guy named Unemployed Joe on here. And I talked about how like I had him on my show because he's, you know, an older man in his 50s, like out of work. You know, and he had a serious career, you know, doing whatever he did for 30 years. And he got laid off because his company you sort of went someplace else. And he was totally screwed. And, you know, um, I said that I knew some men in my building that were in the same position. And Gino's one of them, right? And mm-hmm. I, I remember thinking, like, you know, it's, like, in a weird way. Because sometimes I think or I've thought with this problem with you that, like, you almost don't want to find a solution. Like, it's become, like, your mission. And it's become, like, your job. And it sort of fills up all of your time and all of your conversations. And I always wondered, and I think we've spoke about this as like, do you think it's sort of filling up that void because you're so bored because it's a very it's so hard not to work it's like a mind fuck it drives you i think before they drove you crazy you were being driven crazy with the with with the nothingness of your life i mean you work what what was your gig again that when what happened to you like what's your backstory of how you became unemployed it's very common i know Right now, i was
1: working for verizon for 23 years uh and they had a reduction in staff and i was caught up in it
2: Right, right. like so and that's they let a, me
1: go after 23 years.
2: Right, and that's a very common story. You were a worker, you worked all your life. 23 years with the same company? Yes. Yeah, so that's tragic. So you went from working... 40, 50 hours a week to nothing and how many jobs, I mean, this kills me when I've heard of the things that you've gone to do from having like a career that, you know, you worked out for 23 years, you've gone to Whole Foods, you tried to pass out flyers. I mean, could you list the job, like the places you've gone to try and get work? How many years, first of all, have you been out of work?
1: Uh, two years now.
2: Right. And tell, like, explain how many different things. Like, where did you start off doing? Looking for other, like, sort of phone companies to work as and do well, this? Well, I same...
1: looked for other phone companies where my skills could be incorporated. Uh-huh. I sent over, I applied for over 200 positions. Right. Never got a response. Uh-huh. Then I started thinking about maybe I could do something menial because I started to collect a social security check, but you can't live on that. Okay. So I started. A dog walking uh, advocate here in New York City. I, I worked. I applied to Whole Foods, Trader Joe's, Home Depot. I went to be a building doorman to the buildings around the area. I've done a lot of that, and apparently, without any success.
2: Right, you've never gotten so I, any of those gigs, right? I remember the worst thing I ever thought that you ever went for, and I felt so bad for you, was that you went to like pass out flyers for something on the street, and that's like, and there was like transvestites applying for the job, and they like got it over you. Yeah, what was that? story? Bad. I was
1: I was applying to help out an organization for uh, Planned Parenthood, <laughs> I'm Ending up flyers, and then. They didn't take me for that. I guess I was too sophisticated for them. I don't
2: know. (laughs) I'm going to tell every. I'm going to explain Gino a little bit. Gino is a very. Gino's a really nice person. Like, if you meet Gino, you just know he's good to the core. He's a good person. That's why you feel bad for him when you hear this shit. But he's also a handsome man. Gino looks like a beefier George Bush, like a better looking George Bush. I mean, I think George Bush sort of has like a. And George Bush Jr. sort of has like a Q-tip appearance. He's very little, you know. You look like George Bush, like inflated. You're like more of a manly man, George Bush. You're very handsome, and you're a good guy. You've been with your girl for 15 years. You never cheat. You are do the right thing, guy and a guy.
1: was with her through her whole cancer surgery and recovery.
2: What ha- oh, what kind of cancer did she have? I didn't know that
1: breast cancer
2: oh my god my sister had breast cancer how many years ago did she have
1: that oh about over 10
2: oh that's great that she's okay I
1: with her i cooked for her i made sure she ate right i went to went to uh, to a nutritionist that specializes in cancer what kind of diet i even took classes i read books on how to recover from breast cancer i did homework for her so I was really involved in her
2: recovery. Right. That's what I mean. You're like, I, I could, I would bet that that's who you are just meeting you for five minutes. But, you know, it doesn't surprise me that you're like a just a really good guy. You're the type of guy, Gina's the type of guy that like he will tell me, oh, there's these magazines that I think you'd like, Kathy. And they have a lot of really great articles about health because I'm into a lot, of, like I'm very into health and wellness. And he actually like brings them to my house the next day. Like he remembers things. You're thoughtful. You're super smart. Um, you're very open minded. And you're really kind. But unfortunately, everybody isn't like that. You know?
1: Oh, I know. I guess I'm being punished for something maybe I did in my youth.
2: No, it doesn't go. No, no. Uh, Listen, Gino, you're not being punished. It's not like that. Life is difficult. Every Good people, bad people, everyone has to deal with shit. Okay? And in a weird way, okay? A very weird, convoluted way. Okay? Mm -hmm. Maybe... This is happening because you're so desperate for something, right? Because you're, that, that nothingness is so deafening to people. I get it. It's so hard not to work and sort of occupy your time and keep your head above water when you've been working right. in the same company for 23 years. So in a weird way, maybe this is happening because it gives you something to do. It's not a karma. It's not a fuck you, Gino, you're a good guy and nothing happens to good people. I don't believe that. Shit happens to everybody. I mean, listen, some people it's more unfair than others for sure. And I think for men, older men, and I talked about this with Unemployed Joe, it's a fucked up time for them. And to lose jobs at 23, you know, after being there and at your age and not being able to get a job and you're trying to work for Planned Parenthood, passing out flowers on the street, it's horrifying, like horrifying. It's happening to a lot of people, but that's just like what's happening. It's still not. I don't believe it's some sort of conspiracy against you. It's just. A-
1: um, that, that's good because I often find myself getting into that pitfall. What did I do in the past to deserve this?
2: Of course, but that's terrible. You don't need to think that because you didn't. There's so many people that are in your same position. I told you to listen to Unemployed Joe episode. I think you'd like. He didn't do anything. He's a good guy too. There's terrible people that lose their jobs. It's not, there's no, Um. it's just, it's random. It's not, I don't believe in that. I believe, what I believe is, um, I mean most of the time I believe that what you put in you get back. You're a worker, you you know, you're into working and then you get a job. And that like right now it is very unfair that all these people like you that have always done the right thing are out of work and they're totally fucked. But I think in everybody's life Gino and if you watch I love biographies and I always tell people when they're in a bad time and they think nothing's going to change and they're feeling so down about themselves like watch uh, watch 10 biographies there's not one person out there if you watch their whole span of life that doesn't go through horrifying times you know and there might be one or two really bad ones you're at like probably your worst time in your life but I think we
1: all go through
2: them No? Yeah,
1: that makes good sense,
2: Kathy. Yeah, look at your poor girl. She had breast cancer. My sister went through that. I mean, that's like, you know, when my sister's over five years and she's doing great, but that's like, you know, and thank God she hadn't had anything before that that was really bad, but everyone has those very, very, very dark times. That's just fucking life. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not about, like, payback or anything. I do think if you do bad shit... That shit happens to you. But I think even if you're a great person, you're going to have to deal with adversary. You're going to have to deal with bad people and you always want to keep your head up high. I personally think that you're spinning out on this thing in a negative way. You know, I thought that like, you know, going up and being nice and then going to the board. But once you do everything like once or twice and it doesn't work, you need to fucking stop and figure out something else. Okay, and to me, the solution would have been either figure out a way to make put some fans or put a lot of white noise in your apartment so that you don't hear it, or get the speakers and mind fuck them back, right? But instead, you're just going to the you now. You're at the fucking state senator's office and all this stuff, and in a weird way, it's like your job. But I and it might be something that's just filling up your time.
1: That's an interesting way of looking at it. But I guess if I did have something else to do, if I did have a job, this would definitely interfere with it. Because according to the latest statistics, noise can affect your health. Even when you're sleeping, it can affect your heart, your blood pressure, your mood, your digestive system. That's a fact. Uh, listen, that I am noise. not
2: saying, this is not, and that's not what I'm saying, Gino. I am not saying that if you had a job and you had something better to do that, you wouldn't come home and be aggravated by that. What I'm saying is that maybe you'd see a quicker solution to the problem because you wouldn't have much more time. Like you'd have a very limited time to deal with that because you'd have oh, definite, something more definitely. in your life. So you'd go for the quickest thing. You wouldn't have all this time to call this person and go to the board and write letters and look up this and do that. Do you understand? So that's all I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, I
1: get it. Yeah.
2: Uh, listen, I'm an HSP. It's called. It's a highly sensitive person. There's books written on it. I I have lived. I had to go to. Um, I had to live in an, a hotel once for six weeks because I worked at a gig in Maryland, and uh, I changed the light bulbs because the lighting was like fluorescent looking and it fucking freaked me out. I am very sensitive to lighting, to noise. I can't stand when people chew with their mouths open. Like I have a lot of lot of things irritate me, and I can't help it. And it is very stressful if you're that type of person you know and so it is stressful to hear shit that you don't want to hear and stuff but I do things to that I that are in my control To stop all that. Do you understand? I never go to a restaurant because we all eat in New York City. People don't understand this because most people don't live here that are listening. You know, you're always like when you go out to dinner, you're like not even a foot away from the people eating next to you. And so many people eat with their mouths full. And I got to say, it's disgusting. I don't know why people don't have manners, but you should when you chew your food, you shouldn't chomp. And it makes me fucking nuts. But what I do... yeah, what I do, I'm not gonna. And, and let me tell you, when people start chomping, it's like a they call it's like an actual disease. They call it misophonia. That you actually get like um, violent feelings for that person. That's what happens to me. I experience violent feelings. I want to like stab the person to death next to me. You know, um. But what yeah. I do. Is I don't yell at the person. I don't sit there and complain about it. I carry around my, my, my Sure headset. I have a Sure like, heads, headset that I use for my phone and my music. And I put those suckers in no matter where I go out to eat. Nobody knows they're in my ear. I could hear the person talking to me, but it takes away the chomping. That's what I do when I go to the movies. Do you, know, do you oh, understand? Man. Yeah, absolutely. And when I'm home now, right now, What people don't understand that's happening right now is we are having massive construction on our apartment and they are drilling the shit out of the building at all times. So you know what I do when I'm working on my stuff from home? I put on my headset and I put on my music and I don't listen because if I listen, I will go mental and I don't want to go mental. So I put on music and I tend to my stuff on my computer and I work like I have to that way. So wh- I just think that, like, if you were working at a job, you would figure out a different way. Because I think it's very hard to control anybody else. Uh, you know, I have always in my life when I've lived in New York had a, a fan of Vorno. Is it what's that name of Verado? What's the name of that fucking fan? Vernado. The Vernado fan. It's, Vernado it's
1: the fan. Yeah.
2: Yeah. My Vernado fan is on all the time. I'm so used to that noise. When people come over, some people will come over and be like, what's that noise? And I'm like, what okay. are you talking about? Um, And it's my fan. I've lived with that for 20 years that I've lived in New York because when I first moved here and people were putting on their music and shit, I couldn't, I didn't want to keep like going over and harassing people and asking people. It was just so aggravating that I got the fan and it completely solved all the problems. I never hear anything through that fan. Now, when they're drilling outside my apartment or in the apartment next to me, I have, there's nothing else I could do except put on music or leave. And that's what I do. I don't go and complain. I don't because you're never gonna. You can never control those people above uh, above you. You could drive them nuts, like I said. You could go and complain. You could have them thrown. out. None of those things are gonna solve your problem anytime soon. They're really not.
1: Mm-hmm. Unless you, well, I, yeah. I can't leave the place at 11 at night. No, I know because I would try to get some sleep. But
2: have you tried? Day, I
1: never hear anything because. They're not you know, home. They're
2: have you tried a it's fan? Come have you tried some? Come
1: home, okay. Have you tried white?
2: About... <laughs> um, Gino, have you tried any kind of white noise? Have you gotten a very loud fan? And wherever you and your girl are at eleven o'clock at night, you plug it in. And have you ever tried to turn that on when they're making the noise and see if you don't hear anything?
1: Well, the only thing we've turned on a bit louder is the television. Set. No,
2: that's not going to. No, that's just going to be irritating. Try a fan. The, the fan takes away a lot of noise. I'll let you borrow my fan and try it out.
1: We do have a fan. It's a uh, Lasco. Does it make uh, noise? A, uh, yeah, it makes noise, but not loudly. But we'll, maybe we could
2: try that. it up or not. Yeah, put it on the high. Bring it over to like I don't know where you guys are at eleven o'clock at night when they come home. If you're in your living room, bring put it really close to you and put that on and see if that works. I'm telling you, you need to figure out something in your own environment that will make you, them disappear, in, to you. Do you understand? Because everything no, else what is just a- the- What?
1: Very good suggestion.
2: Yeah, try that. I The fan has saved my life in New York. I don't, because listen, we live in apartments. You are always going to hear noise. That's just the, we have to, anyone that lives in an apartment buildings has to, under, like, we all go through that and people understand. That's why I'm having you on the podcast, because I feel like other people listening have had this problem. And what do you do? I personally think it's best to try and control your own environment, because you can't control other people. I can't control everybody chomping in a restaurant. It's disgusting to me how those people eat. <laughs>
1: Sometimes- yeah, I Sometimes
2: I can't even stand the voices there's a there's a have you ever do you ever eat in Murray Hill there's a there's a um, neighborhood in New York City called Murray Hill and oh my god you go into that neighborhood and every girl in that neighborhood has a very bad accent it sounds like you're it's like a car I don't know it freaks me out the way that they talk I call them the rare, rare rare girls they're always talking and they have very bad voices and they sound like they're from Long Island and they have, they're very vapid and have nothing right. interesting to say. And I can't even stand to hear them talk. It Literally, if I'm like super tired, or I have PMS, I'll want to shoot them too. So that's when I put in my headset because it really, it, those, those um, ear, earbuds, it, they're uh, noise canceling. So they go deep into your ear and I don't hear anything. It takes away their noise. Try that too. Because with that, I'm going to tell you, if I go to the movie theaters, right, I could put yeah. those headphones in. Right. And I'll still hear the person next to me talking and I'll still hear the the TV, the movie, but I won't hear anybody chomping their popcorn. So why don't you also try that? Try to put in a pair of um, headsets like, you know, things that go into your ears. I think I have extra ones and throw those in. You'll still be able to hear your girl. You'll still be able to hear the TV, but you might not be have to hear their noise.
1: Good suggestion.
2: Yeah, those are two things you're going to try, right? The fan and those earplugs. They work for me with so much. I, wear, I take them with me. I, can't, I will not leave my house without them, especially you, like you get in a cab and they're on the phone and they're screaming and talking or they're sniffing a million times. I can't take any noise, I'm telling you. And those headphones are sure. They're, they're by sure is the people that make them. But I think I have extra attachments that just go in your ears and you need to, they need to be the ones that are like mushy so that they really go in your ear and then expand and they really take away certain noises, but allow others in and they're really killer. So that might help too.
1: Yeah, can you hear the TV through them?
2: Yeah, I hear a movie loud and clear. I hear the person sitting next to me. You absolutely will be able to hear the TV. And listen, if you have to turn the TV up a notch, who gives a shit? But yes, for sure you're going to be able to hear the TV.
1: Very good. That's a good suggestion.
2: Yeah, you might. And I'm glad that you're looking to, like, I I would rather you get a job and get past this and be done with it already than dealing with the state people and the advocates and all that shit. Because even though they might be able to help you, it's going to take a long time, don't you think? Of course. You know, and it's not... Life's too short to be so aggravated. But I think the, the bigger problem is what you were talking about before. Like you sit, sometimes sit around and think, like, what did you do and you deserve this and it's bad karma. That's terrible to think because that's not true.
1: Well, I guess that's being very negative. But that's after a year, that's what I resorted to thinking.
2: Well, uh, listen, who would blame you? Okay. You, you are somebody that has tried everything. You really have to listen to that unemployed Joe thing. I told him to like join a support group or something because it's very hard. Like you, you start to blame yourself, but if you really sort of listen to other people or knew other people in your situation, and there's many people, you'd understand that it's everything that you're feeling and everything that you're thinking and every negative feeling that you're having is very normal because you're in a really bad situation. But what else can you do at that time? I mean, for me, when I've been in really tough times, like going to the gym, like the endorphins that I get from working out um, has always helped keep me above water. I've always also known that um, when I've had like times of unstructured times in my life, like um, making sure that every day I accomplished doing something that I needed to do, you know, whether like no matter what that was so that I would feel like I got something done, you know um being active and also getting out of the fucking neighborhood and and like walking around or going someplace else you know like there's certain things you could do to just keep your head above water none of them are going to make you totally happy because you're you're going to be totally happy when you get a job again and what you know or you could start to what i suggested to gina was like maybe write a book or start a blog like you're somebody that has a lot of opinions you you're interested in a lot of information and you know you could go online and do a blog or you know and or get involved with some online stuff that would be really good too and be very time consuming for you
1: yeah that's very uh, very interesting yeah I do have a lot of uh, interests
2: you do and you love to read like what what I always see Gino doing we have like a common um right. area on our roof that's really beautiful, and people go up there and they could work in there and what Gino does is he goes up there and you always have all these printouts of all these articles that you 're reading that are really fascinating, and that's you know. There's other people that would love that information. So you could take all that stuff that you're learning and you're going around and you're investigating. You could take all that information and put it out there for other people. And there'll be people that would be interested in it. Look, I do a podcast and talk to people just about their problems. And I mean, you might be horrified to know this, Gino, but like the guy last week was like the, a guy that just wanted to have anal sex and he was crazy. So <laughs> I'll talk to anybody, but you know, people listen to my podcast. People will read your blog. You know, you, when you think of the internet, like you're thinking, thinking of everybody uh, in the whole world. So it's not hard to find other people that are like you that are interested in the same thing. So, you know, and it'll take up your time, and it's creative. You're, you're a more creative person, um, and it would give you something to do, and you, uh, you would probably uh, be a little bit happier.
1: Well, one thing I can say about myself is that uh, I don't like confrontation. Right. I prefer a comfortable rut. If you will
2: <laughs> right see I'm the opposite I, I'm not I could give a shit about a conversation like bring it on I'll do it and then I'll be done with it and I go I'm not comfortable in ruts you know and I said this before I got on the call with you is I did a little intro and I talked about the difference between problem havers and problem solvers you know and sometimes if you're the type of person that's like a comfortable rut it's like you're you you border on being like a problem haver like you're not solving that problem and you're just sitting in it you know and I think that life's too short for that.
1: Right. But the the problem is I've been trying to resolve this, you know, logically and through the protocol. That's why. So this woman I spoke to today about this advocate, she was angry. She says, you can't be nice all the time. You have to show anger and it's time to show anger. Exactly.
2: Well, I told you a long time ago, do the revenge thing. But I also think you need to try the things that I suggested. But I think, you know, all that stuff that you were trying was um, sort of sitting in that rut because in a weird way it was fulfilling you too. It was giving you something to do.
1: Possibly. Yeah. Yeah.
2: I mean, that's what I like about you, Gino. Gino's very sort of self-aware. You're always open to sort of looking at yourself and really being open to maybe like that's what's going on. It's not like you're closed-minded. You've always been sort of interested in spiritual things, and you're very open with different, like you did. What did you do? Esther, like what are those organizations you've done in the past? Pardon? What are those organizations that you've been involved in in the past? Like the um... oh, you
1: mean like self help
2: groups? Yeah, yeah, like you've done a lot of that stuff. Like you're very open minded. Oh, and... Have
1: you ever heard of EST, The Werner Erhard? Yeah, series? that's
2: that's what I said. EST, Right, that's what you did, right?
1: Yeah, I've done I've done many of those. Uh-huh. I've done a, a rebirthing situation, which is called uh, LRT, Loving Relationships Training, which is self trying to find out what makes you
2: the way you are. Uh-huh. Hey, have you ever heard Sorry? of have you ever heard of Harville Hendrix?
1: No, I haven't.
2: Oh, he's the fucking best. I'm going to play a clip of him on my podcast. I'm going to play it when we're done because I can't do it while I'm on the phone with you, but when you listen to this episode because I want you to listen to your episode, you'll hear this thing about Harville Hendrix. He's like he's like a relationship guru. Him and his wife mm-hmm. have this way of uh, the way they see relationships, I believe is like the I- most brilliant way and he believes that relationships like most likely everybody has he's he thinks like 20% of the population you know are healthy and are capable of having healthy relationships. The the eighty percent are fucked up and dysfunctional, and we're yeah. all going to have a dysfunctional pull to somebody that's going to push our crazy buttons, and that's just so that's what I'm dealing with. Most people I know are dealing with right, and the majority of people are. And what he believes is most people, when that happens after like the romantic love goes away, and I think he says that's at about two years, everybody starts yeah. needling each other, and all that other stuff comes on, and they realize, oh my god, you're like my mother or my father, or they don't maybe you don't even put that together, but that person becomes like the biggest pain in the ass and they're stressing you out and they're making you miserable and then people decide to get divorced because they're like oh we're not compatible but what he believes and his wife believes is that that's actually like why you pick that person because that's supposed to happen in relationships and that's like relationships are in your life to heal like your childhood wounds and to do that and you're always going to be attracted you could leave that person and then we all see it happen you go to the next person and even if you think they're the exact opposite they're exactly like that last person so we all have that same absolutely we all have that same person we're going to attract we're going to play out the same thing but what it's about Really, is that when you hit that place and things go bad, you have to realize that that other person, if you're really able to communicate to each other, that if you give each other what you're looking for and you sort of work through that, it's very healing. And he says it's so much more profound and it's so um, interesting what he says about relationships and about needs. He says something like, you know, whatever your partner needs from you that stresses you out is something Mm -hmm. that you have but you're out of touch with it's the part of yourself that you detach from at childhood and so if you could learn to bring that up and give that to your partner it not only is healing for them because that's what they need for their childhood it's healing for you because right. it's the part of yourself that you denied. so you become well, one a better of the person
1: things all of these seminars is romantic love is different from like parental love right parental love you love your children no matter what right for the most part But romantic love, we're always expecting something. You're investing yourself in another person, and you expect a certain response. And when we don't get that response, then we act in all the tithers.
2: Right, because we yeah. think we think. I remember my therapist saying, like you know, what I you know, some people are. We're all looking for that unconditional love, right? And and but that comes from maybe your pets, and maybe that's going to come from your children, but that's not going to come from your partner. You know, no, I, it's like uh, that's No, it's not. It no, that's exist. no. It's well, it's just that it's conditional. Partnerships are conditional. You can't say I want to be with you for the rest of your life, and I'm just going to treat you like shit, and you have to accept it. Like that's not the way that it goes. Partnerships are yeah, conditional. That's you have to be kind to that person. If you have to make that person like you or they're going to fucking leave you so that is a conditional relationship but you know that's to be worked on I think there's some friends that I have that I'm at a place in my life where I have unconditional love for them because and I think relationships eventually get there after many 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 years but I think it takes hard work to get to that place where you're but I think with the pets or children you know that unconditional love is immediate and it's there but you're not getting that from partnerships and everyone thinks that's where it's at. And it's not partnerships are supposed to be difficult, but especially if you're fucked up, but really you're supposed to work on it. I remember (laughs) I was banging this guy. I was, I was in a relationship with a guy and I told him the whole Harvick, Harville Hendricks thing. And I was like, you know, like, if you really gave me what I'm looking for that stresses you out, we, you know, it could help you and, like, vice versa, whatever. And he was like, Kathy, you need to do that shit with someone that's interested. I mean, he's very closed off to it. But I think it's uh, I think it's really good. I don't know how we got on this topic because I think you brought up and relationships. Harville Hendricks is just my favorite person ever, and what he believes in relationship is so fucking great. I'm going to play the clip. You should listen to it. But anyway. Well, that's
1: good. You always have to inquire about yourself. Once you think you have an answer to a problem— That's when you need to start thinking of other possibilities.
2: Right. And I also believe, like, I mean, I I like to face problems. I always believe that life is school. Like, my sort of take on things. I've always been into self-help. I've always been into changing myself and becoming a better person. I believe that. That's what we're put here for. Life is like school, and it's difficult. So I'm always, like, bring it on. Like, I love challenges. Like, and I'm always, like, even when life is bad, it's good. To me, I could be having the worst day, but I think life is fucking great, and it's fun as shit. And I kind of like difficult things. So I'm always up for a challenge. And I think you'd have a problem, you solve it, and then you move on to the next thing, you know? Um, and that's what it's about.
1: That's good thinking. It's a lot easier said than putting it into practice, I oh. can tell you.
2: Well, listen, my life has been brutal. I've dealt with a lot. Of, like some people will just deal with quitting drinking their whole life and they battle it back and forth. I did that and I've been sober 11 years. I've conquered many different parts. And I think that's why it, I'm really good at helping people with their problems. And I so I think that that is why I've had to go through many hard things and sort of conquer it because then I could help others and I love that about myself. I'm very non-judgmental because I'm completely flawed. I'm completely in touch with it. And I've been through so much that I could relate to most people, you know? And that helps me relate to people. And I would rather be that person than the people that I know that have never been through anything bad or they're not really in touch with that. And they look at other people that are going through bad time or doing fucked up things and they judge them, which is cause that's bullshit. You never know where you're gonna wind up in life. You never know what's yep. going to happen to you. And you never know anybody's full story. I have people that call up that if you just read my little paragraphs, you'd think, oh, dirty pig, he's doing this or he's doing that. But when I really talk to anybody, most people, and I think they're like 10% or like just bad seeds. But most people, when you dig deep, are just good people and everyone's just a little fucked up because that's what it's. That's the human being existence. We're meant to be fucked up. When We'll be perfect when we're dead, when we're spirit. You know what I mean? It's not, you're not supposed to be perfect as I'm a not- human being.
1: Yep, I agree with you on that.
2: Yeah, and you're not perfect, so give yourself a fucking break. Gino, you're not you're not doing anything wrong. You're just f- fucked with bad timing and what's going on in the economy and you lost your gig and hopefully you get another gig. I'm going to bring you um later today or tomorrow. I'll bring you so I'm going to look for some headphones for you and try that fan thing and let me know how it goes.
1: Okay, we'll we'll do, Kathy. I want to thank you for your time and participation. It's been very helpful for me
2: cool i'm glad you called in and i want you to listen to unemployed joe i think it will inspire you i want you to listen to him so i think it'll help you just hear somebody else in your in your same story and if anything he has it a lot worse than you do okay you're doing better than unemployed joe so listen to that and then um i'll let you know when this airs thanks for calling in
1: okay thank you very much bye i hope i let i was able to lend some creativity to this discussion
2: totally you always do thanks gino thank you have a good day you too bye Okay So that was Gino He lives in my building Um, Okay So I love Gino He's very nice Uh, You know I you know I don't know if many people have that problem but like I find it interesting that you never know where the conversation goes and I think that there's interesting things that happen on the call that maybe people will take something from right I guess I don't know (laughs) like I said in the beginning like people write in all the time and they give me their two cents so let me know like if you thought this call was really boring let me know if you thought it was great because whatever let me know I'm trying not to I mean I love all the sex stuff and the crazy things and sometimes I feel oh that's what I always have to do but um, I like talking to people about any kind of problem like that's just because I'm just like why that way so i hope that you my listeners feel the same way and that's what you're into and that's cool so but write in and let me know if you fucking hate it if you like it you know all that stuff and if you want to be on the show and you have a problem call in uh to strictly anonymous podcast at gmail.com follow me on twitter at strict anonymous, and like my facebook page and that is um strictly anonymous oh and i have to you know i've been doing this because i wrote a book actually a long time ago it's like it's and it's really fucking good it's like a cartoon book i drew it i wrote it and it's basically like um my stories of like every one of my relationships from the time i lost my virginity to the time i turned 40 they're not really true but they're not like you know fiction nonfiction. you know kind of that little gray area um but they're drawn all in stick figures and they're really fucking funny and if you go to my website because I, I created a website a while ago. It got shipped out to publishers and nobody took it because I didn't have an online platform and I wasn't famous enough and no one gives a shit about me. But um, so I'm trying to get a platform by doing this podcast. Um, and if I do, then I could like publish my book. Uh, but if anyone wants to read it and tell me what they think, that'd be great. There's a chapter actually on my website, com. It's K A T H I K A Y. Dot com. Um, if you click on the book link, there's a sample chapter. You could read that. Um, you know, it's girls' relationships with guys, but I've had guys tell me that they've read it and they liked it. There's a lot of S-E-X. There's a lot of sex, and it's really funny. And uh, what guys have said that they like about it is they learn about women. Um, but, you know, check it out if you want. And let me know what you think. And then I'm making stickers and t-shirts for my podcast too for the logo. I think it's more for women than men maybe the logo but maybe you'll buy your girl. Because I, I always think more men listen to my podcast but maybe you'll buy it for your girl. So that's all the stuff that's going on. Oh wait a second before I go though. The last thing before I go I want to play that Harville Hendrix clip. Um, this is the the whole video is a minute and 22 seconds. And the most fascinating thing he says is like towards the end. So you know, if the beginning of it sounds like retarded and there's nothing really going on, just listen to that. Like, Wait till the end because it gets really good. And he says this one thing that's really simple uh, but really amazing about relationships. Uh, listen to
0: this. Well, the healing power of relationship is embedded in the facticity of relationship as primary. I, I am my relationships. And so in a relationship, um, I get to uh, get my needs met. And my needs fundamentally are social needs, Uh, the primary need of food and shelter and so forth. That's not what we're all about. We're all about connection and being in relationship. So relationship offers you that um, opportunity to get emotional needs met, which you can't get unless you are in a relationship where there's some exchange, where, uh, like we say in Imago, what your partner needs from you the most is what you're least capable of giving. And what that means is that your partner's need, which stresses you out because it's not you to do that, is the call to grow that part of yourself because that's the part of yourself that's undeveloped. Your partner's not asking for something unreal, you just don't own it but you have that potential. And if you'll respond to the partner need, then you'll grow. And in that growth, you recover something that was shut down for you in your childhood. So the healing is that you get emotional needs met. And the second piece is that you get activated into developing an undeveloped part of the self and recover your own wholeness.
2: Oh my God, I can't even handle that. If that is not the most brilliant thing, that you've ever heard, then you're just not ready to hear it. And I know I sound like fucking Oprah right now. <laughs> but when I listen to that last couple of bits of what he says, it is just it's like it sends chills down my spine. It is like the truth. It is like the end all be all of what fucking relationships are all about. Um anyway. So that's Harville Hedrick. And just so you know, he um has a lot of great books. His books are fucking awesome. And like what he says is like all you girls and guys out there that always to go after bad people and you can't help it and you put yourself down because that's me i i go i have a certain type and it's not a good type because my dad wasn't so great um but it's like you you're just and you feel and you, i put myself down for it it makes me fucking mental you know i because i'm like really tough on myself but you, you can't help it that's what you're supposed to do and that's who you're always going to be attracted to because that's the only way to rac- actually heal the stuff that happened to you so don't worry about you know those bad people you meet just try to find an evolved one that will uh do the Harville Hendricks method or understand what it's all about. All that dysfunction. It's supposed to be there. It's not a bad thing. Okay. Anyway. (laughs) All right. I'll be back next week with uh, a new caller.
1: Do you have a story,
2: lifestyle or situation you can't talk about
1: to anyone, to anyone, or do you just want to let your freak flag fly and be on the show? Well,
2: strictly anonymous wants to hear from
1: you send us an email strictly
2: anonymous podcast at gmail.com with your story and your anonymous name and remember everything is strictly
1: anonymous strictly anonymous